Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the WRSU Summer Crew. Only two weeks left of Summer Crew before we get back to the five-day-a-week schedule. Your regular Monday group here, Eddie Kalegi and David Palumbo. And Dennis Geisler is not a little box on our screen this time. He is actually sitting here in the studios at College Ave for the first time since May. So, Dennis, it is great to see your face again. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back here. So excited to be Back, back in the booth with the boys, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Back from Nova. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, back exactly. from Nova. Let's do it. <laughs> now we can take you to Woodbridge, New Jersey. Now that you're back. <laughs> the, the other no, Woodbridge. no Woodbridge, Virginia. We're here for Woodbridge, New Jersey. <laughs> but uh, we got some stuff to talk about about the state of New Jersey, State University of New Jersey, Rutgers women's soccer. They Good started segue. the season. Thank you. Two and zero. Oh, uh, back-to-back victories on the road in uh, Mountain Time against UNLV and New Mexico. We'll actually have their junior forward Allison Lowry calling into the crew in just a few minutes, and then hour two Rutgers men's soccer. They haven't started yet, but uh, they've have a couple of games coming up this weekend in Nebraska against Omaha and Creighton to kick off their 2022 season. Head coach Jim McKeldry met with the media. We'll be airing that press conference at the beginning of hour two, right around seven o'clock. But uh, we got a few minutes before Allison Lowry calls in. And of course, Ellis isn't here today, so we can say all we want about the Yankees. And uh, Subway Series Part 2 starts tonight at the stadium. Uh, Jacob deGrom will not be going in the series. They're pushing him back to have Taiwan Walker start. So it'll be Max Scherzer and Taiwan Walker against Herman and Montas for the Yankees. And uh, David, a big win yesterday for the Mets over the Phillies. We were just watching the Spanish call of Mark Canna's home run. Which Very good. If you thought Gary Cohn and Howie Rose's calls were electric, watch this one. It's even better. And, you know, Mets are good on track. They had the rough series in Atlanta. But I think they're in perfect condition to maybe get the sweep here against the Yankees and finish off 4-0 against the rivals. Yeah, Montas has been pretty bad since the trade. I'm a little disappointed not to get into C. DeGrom, but... If he's healthy in the postseason, then I'm not going to complain. Even if they lose the game that he doesn't pitch tomorrow, I'm not going to complain. But we we shall see. We shall see if he will be healthy. I'm not definitely not going to be overly confident on that one. I mean, I don't know. Because at the same time, he's pitched on four days rest this entire time. And you know, you kind of got to baby him because of how injury prone he is. And Walker was already pushed back to begin with. And, yeah. you know, if, you're, if you feel confident in having him go and... You know, Jacob DeGrom, the most important thing is to have him available for October. So while you'd love to see him strike out Aaron Judge, you know, it might be better to give him an easier pass against the Rockies lineup and continue to ease him in before the postseason. So I understand the strategy. Uh, Obviously, I hope he's not hurt, but I I don't think he is. I think this is just simply working Taiwan Walker back in. Honestly, I'm shocked if he has like an inflamed disc in his back that he's only missing six days. Yeah, I mean, it's not I'm not saying it's likely, but. I know Buck said he's going to pitch either Thursday or Friday, yeah. so it's like, what is that a question? Like which day? I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to, I don't even want to think about potentially him being hurt again. But it's always a possibility with Degrom. But it's okay. Jose Buto is here to save the day. He he was new, not new levels. He was like you said, he was the Bucky levels of bad. He was he was 
not good at all. It still wasn't as bad as Sapucky. I mean, he was able to get four innings. Sapucky couldn't make it out of the second. Yeah. And the thing that really annoys I know, me is now Sapucky's pitching well for the Giants. He's made two good starts for them <laughs> since he got traded. J.D. Back. Davis has been good, too. Yeah. Of course. And they claimed Patrick Mazika off waivers. I, I did so see now that. They that have, is very, that's very sad. Yeah. Because he was a legend for the Mets, but it's okay. We have Michael Perez. Yeah, Michael Perez is a pretty solid catcher on both sides. He's had multiple two-run singles in the Phillies series and uh, threw out a couple of runners on the base paths. Uh, Dennis, once again, we have the unbiased Chicago Cubs fan of sitting course. here. So, uh <laughs> Mets and Yankees, do you th- what do you, what do you see happening in this series? Would it be a split or could you see either team coming out with a sweep? Uh honestly, I can imagine any one of those three results happening. Uh I obviously the Yankees have been not great lately. Obviously the Mets have been doing pretty well but not like super elite, but I mean, the Yankees are still the Yankees. They still have all those great players. Uh I feel like it wouldn't shock me for them to take at least one of the games. More likely, I guess, the Walker start. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, We'll see what happens, I guess. I think the Yankees at some point are going to have to wake up a little bit. And, I mean, they did win that game against the Blue Jays. Uh, They're only, like, eight games ahead in the AL East, which is obviously a huge number of games to be up but at the same time the amount that has shrunk in is pretty significant so i don't know i could see it going basically anyway both of these teams are very good so just ends up being who's who's doing better baseball on the day of now of course the yankee fan who is usually a staple on monday crew ellis gordon is not here today but he did have something he wanted me to say regarding the yankees oh like for on his behalf yes on his oh, behalf cool, cool, he cool. said just let the boys know the yankees suck so and then i, I mean, asked him come on, you don't do you think the mets will sweep this week and he said yeah probably so sounds like a typical yankee fan yes right about now yes. pretty they're pretty failing pretty down but I mean, even Aaron Boone's pretty down, banging tables, Ar- making water bottles. Aaron Boone's very down. Yeah. They but are one to know since Aaron Boone got really mad at that press conference. That they is are. true. That is that is what the t- the tweet we were looking at says. Yes. It's a fact. But yeah. Stanton's coming back soon. Carpenter's coming back soon. They did have some injuries too. So I'm I I don't think if I if I was a Yankee fan I don't think I'd be freaking out. Obviously they're still going to make the playoffs. So they just have to get right before the playoffs. That's the thing. They just have to get right before the playoffs. Almost certainly still going to make the playoffs. They are almost certainly going to do it as one of the top 2 seeds in the AL. And at that point it's like okay, mission accomplished for the regular season. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think no matter what they're probably going to be playing the Astros in the ALCS yeah. so it really the, they're going to be one of the final four teams more than likely and so I mean, it's just that's what can going you do there? to be two months away yeah like we know the exact dates now but that that series is two months away right now anything could happen in the meantime but like for a Yankee fan to get to that point and then say they just even if they just lose like they're you're not going to be content with that especially because of the first half they had and them just being the Yankees you that's unacceptable so I see why people are freaking out because after the start that they had, it was kind of like World Series or bust. But, yeah. But, I, I mean, just looking at the roster, it was going to be difficult for them to really sustain this run to begin the season. The fact that they started 56-21 and 21 is just insane. Yeah. When you had Joey Gallo it's and Aaron story. Hicks in the regular lineup. Like, uh, I saw Gallo had another triple yesterday. Yeah, Joe... <laughs> 
I don't know how that even works. I know. He's just gone to the Dodgers. I, I feel like that's the most mess thing ever, though. So I'm happy it's finally happening to someone else because there's been so many times where, I mean, even, even in our lifetimes, even in, like, the recent history, like Daniel Murphy, he was a solid player. Becomes like the batting champion, Justin Turner. Justin Turner, okay was a, player. Was, becomes Justin Turner wasn't even a starter. He, he with was the an Mets. okay player. <laughs> becomes an all star. It's it's just like I'm used to the happening to the Mets, but not to the Yankees at all. So it kind of feels good to watch just from afar. Yeah, and the thing that's just so weird about it is like Joey Gallo was the big thing. He was struggling in a big market, and you know New York fans, Yankee fans, can be very critical very quickly. I mean, John Carlos Stanton got booed during his Yankee debut because he struck out a couple of times. So. And then he goes to L.A., which is still a pretty big market, and those fans are pretty tough, too, yet he's doing well. So just something with Joey Gallo and the New York Yankees didn't click, but now it is in L.A., and the Dodgers lineup is just, you know, one step even better. But we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have Allison Lowry on the line to talk about the first two games for Rutgers women's soccer here on 88.7 WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. Welcome back to the WRSU crew. Eddie Kalegi here with David Palumbo and Dennis Geisler. Well, joining us now, Rutgers women's soccer started off their 2022 season 2-0. Two big victories on the road out west against New Mexico and UNLV. And joining us now, their junior forward who had two goals and two assists over those first two games, Allison Lowry. Thanks for joining us here on the WRSU crew. Hi, thank you for having me. So let's talk about those first two games. You guys really got in sync right off the start. And for a team that, you know, from last year, a lot of turnover on the roster, no more Amira Ali, a lot of changes in your front with the forwards and the middies, but we're able to outscore your two opponents a combined 6-1. You had a big part in that, but a lot of players contributing, five different people scoring yesterday. So talk about how you guys were kind of able to get in a groove so quickly here to begin this 2022 season. You know, over the past few weeks in preseason and in our scrimmages, we've been working together to build our chemistry, to go over our foundations and all get on the same page of how we want to play. And we were able to apply that in the game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you got the start in both of these first two games. Obviously, did a great job with that time. How have you personally been dealing with, uh, I guess, this added uh, importance of your role on the team? Um, you know, I just take it like any other game. I mean, I would go into these games with the same mentality as I did last year. I want to have the biggest impact I can. And if I get more minutes, then that's just more time for me to have a bigger impact. Yeah, Allison, kind of just following up on that, how do you think your roles changed at all, upperclassmen now, maybe even off the fields um, in relation to just there's a lot of seniors gone and a lot of younger girls on the team now. Have you taken a bigger step up leadership-wise, anything like that? Um, I think I can just lead by example on the field, um, just talk to the new players, the younger players, um, just answer any questions they have or have them watch or have them learn by watching me. Um, I just want to be a role model for them and have them know that they can come to me with anything. So this team starting out three games on the road, two complete, one more against Providence coming up on Thursday. You know, it's very similar actually to the men's soccer team. They start on the road with two games in Nebraska. Does your approach change at all when you have to kind of start the season? Not only are you trying to, you know, adjust and figure things out with some new players and some new roles, but having to travel so far to begin the season, did that pose any sort of extra challenge for you guys? And how did you guys kind of motivate yourselves to be able to power through that kind of situation? 
Uh, obviously, playing on the road, it's, um, it definitely puts us out of our comfort zone a little bit um, with different ways um, we approach the pregame meetings and the locker room before the game. But uh, we have some big road games this year, and great teams went on the road. So I think this is great to throw us in right away um, and immediately put us out of our comfort zone. And uh, I guess despite that, uh, obviously a great start to the season. Uh, what's the general vibe around the team after these first two games? What are kind of the, I don't want to say expectations, but what are you kind of feeling about this season overall? Um, well, you said expectations. I think the expectations are to keep this rolling. Um, we obviously have a lot to learn still um, and a lot to work on, but everyone's very excited to finish out these uh, non-conference games and then get into the Big Ten season. Awesome. Non, non-soccer non question to finish it off, but Subway Series starting tonight, Mets-Yankees. Do you care at all? Baseball fan? Who's going to win? Do you care at all? <laughs> um, my grandparents are Mets fans, so I do have to go with the Mets. Um, my one roommate is a Yankees fan, though, so we'll probably be watching. Good answer. Good answer. Yes, we will take you on the Mets bandwagon any day of the week. Allison Lowry, thanks so much for joining us here in the WRSU crew, and best of luck on Thursday against Providence. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, well, that'll wrap up that interview. We appreciate Allison Lowry for joining us here on the crew. Rutgers women's soccer starting off the year 2-0, and and we can continue with this conversation a little bit, Dennis. You know, this team went to the College Cup last year all the way to the national semis. Different-looking roster without Amir Ali and Talia Ferry, but, you know, Allison Lowry's played great. Gearman's been good. Riley Tiernan's been good. A nice mix of players overall on this Rutgers women's soccer team. And, you know, yeah, it's against UNLV in New Mexico. But still, when you score five goals in a game against a D1 opponent on the road, uh, you got to be happy about that. Yeah, and I think that you definitely um, kind of hit the nail on the head on both the the team looks different, but the team's playing really well. You kind of got that next player up mentality where it's like, okay, it's not the same players as before, but this team is still playing really well, and all of the players that uh, have kind of come into their own now, uh, it, it, it's really impressive, and I'm really looking forward to watching this team play over the course of this season, um, especially as they get more into those home games that we'll be going to, and the uh, Big Ten games against a lot of these uh very interesting Big Ten opponents like Michigan and Penn State that have obviously been the most trouble in the past couple of years, but realistically, this team can continue hunting for a Big Ten title, continue hunting for another College Cup appearance or even a national title. And, you know, something I'm looking forward to with them as well, we saw, I know it was a Big Ten championship, but still, how your sack field was just completely packed for that Big Ten championship game uh, earlier on back last fall. And I think this season now with these fans realizing what a talented squad they have, I think we're really going to see a lot of the Rutgers community showing out to cheer on this Rutgers women's soccer team. They've got a rivalry game against Princeton on September 4th. A week after that, they play against LSU, uh, which should be a pretty solid non-conference opponent for them. And then, of course, the Big Ten matchups. They host Ohio State and Maryland in the month of September. Uh, they got a couple of road games after that, but then they play at home against Indiana in a game on ESPNU. They have a three-game homestand, actually. They play Minnesota and Wisconsin uh, to wrap out the Big Ten slate. So they've got a really solid schedule top to bottom. And 
I really think, you know, with these fans seeing how this team went so far and was two victories away from a national championship, and they're returning a lot of the key players from last year, including a couple they didn't expect. Didn't know that Megan McClellan was necessarily going to come back as the goalkeeper, but she opted to stay for an extra year. And, you know, sure not having Ali and Talia Ferry makes a difference, but being able to have so many pieces returning and all there and who have gone on a deep run before, I think really sets them up to potentially have some success this year. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess to counter a lot of the optimism, this team has played incredibly well in the regular season since I've been at Rutgers 2019. Uh, the, the issue has always been in that postseason, how, how many games can they really get through there? And last year, they finally broke through, had a couple of those big uh, uh, penalty kick games, um, got to the College Cup, obviously a disappointing result once they got there, but still, uh, this team kind of has finally broken through that issue with the NCAA tournament, and I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can really keep up that pressure because on paper I think they're better than a lot of teams that they will see at certain stages of the NCAA tournament and they will probably go into the tournament as at least the host of the first two rounds it'll just end up being how well they can do at that point whether they can make it back to the college cup yeah and something to remember too which I will say optimistically you know they, they scored five goals against UNLV. The two, you know, most brutal losses last year was when they dropped the Big Ten championship game at home against Michigan and, of course, the loss to Florida State in the College Cup. And those defeats mainly came because while the defense was solid, McClellan did allow a goal and they couldn't get the equalizer. So seeing the team be able to have five different goal scorers over the first two games and everybody contributing. It's a really good sign that this offense might have a little more firepower to score on a consistent basis. Yeah, Amira Ali and Frankie Taliaferri were so strong last year, but having some of those other complementary pieces who might not be as, you know, statistically great on paper, but are more strong at, you know, kind of spreading out the love and spreading the scoring all through the season and being able to uh, score at different times, I think really helps them. And if you have a cohesive unit with many different players who can find the net can really set you up for some success. But we'll leave it at that. Thursday, they play their third game of the season on the road against Providence before their first home game a week from Sunday. So, Which, which, which we'll have. We'll have that first home game. Oh, we will. August 28th, Sunday, uh Coverage starts at 1245. I'll be there. I forget who I'm calling it with. <laughs> Let's see who you're calling it with. I honestly <laughs> forgot. I looked at the schedule and I was like, oh, hey, I'm on this. And I, I forgot who I was calling most of the games I'm on with. We shall see. Let's let me pull this up now. Yeah, Where's yeah, yeah. Let's, Gideon let's get the uh, Fox. look up on, on air. Captain. Yes. All right, you'll be on the call with Christian Vasquez. Oh, that is a that is a great duo. This Sunday, women's soccer home opener against Buffalo. Coverage will start at 1245 here on WRSU. Well, when we come back, it'll be time for locks of the week. We should have some fun with that. And Dennis can do an in-person lock for the first time this summer. Wow, so stay I can't tuned wait. for that. I know. I am so excited. So when we come back, it's locks of the week. Eddie Kalegi, David Palumbo, and Dennis Geisler right here on 88.7 FM and streaming live at WRSU.org. Locks of the week here on a Monday edition of the WRSU crew. 
Uh, summer Crew, Mondays and Tuesdays, 6 to 8, Fridays, 4 to 6. Two more weeks of Summer Crew, then we'll be back to the regular five-day-a-week schedule starting the week of September 5th. Well, taking a look at our lock standings right now, I know I'm in last place, so and I got last week's wrong, too, because Spencer Strider definitely did not give up uh, more than four and a half hits. So. That's great. Yeah. That's I, I also took an L, I think. I'm going to check, but I believe I took an L. So I am now five and six, and I'm I'm looking through this tonight, and I just don't see in in the majors a lot of locks I'm really comfortable with because, I don't know, the pitcher props aren't great. To be fair, there aren't that many really strong starting pitchers going tonight necessarily. But, I, you know what, I, I think... I'm really torn about some of these because I wanted to do something against the Yankees or against Noah Syndergaard, but none of them give any sort of solid value. So, let's see. What what do we have here? I think I'm going to go to the Cardinals and Cubs matchup. Jordan Montgomery has been yeah. really good lately, ever since he got traded Before over. he got traded and after he got traded. Yes. But let's see here. Oh, I wonder if Coach Hahn hit his lock. Uh, I just checked. He didn't. Sorry, Coach Hahn. Poor Coach Hahn. Also, I love how Coach Hahn is actually like multiple people that just go under the name whenever you're a guest. <laughs> yeah, I realize just... Arnav was the other one the previous time. <laughs> Wait, who, was, who was the other one? Is Arnav. Oh. <laughs> All right. I think I found my lock. So Jordan Montgomery has been really good since he went over to St. Louis, and the Yankees don't know how good Harrison Bader is going to be because he still hasn't even played yet. So I think that luck, that luck is going to end. Because we've seen pitchers that have been good kind of stumble lately. Edwin Diaz struggled a little bit his last couple of appearances. Uh, Sandy Alcantara gave up six earned runs yesterday against the Dodgers. I think Jordan Montgomery is going to struggle a bit against Dennis's Cubs. I, I don't like think that. it's going to be too much because, I mean, the Cubs offense doesn't have much there. But they're crazy. No, they're so good. Well, but they've, been, they've been firing lately. This team's awesome. This team's making the playoffs. I'm just telling you that now. I do, whether that's sarcastic or not, <laughs> I do trust the fact that the Cubs will be able to score at least three runs against Jordan Montgomery. I don't think it's sustainable. And Jordan Montgomery, over two and a half runs at plus 115, it's plus money for someone who really hasn't consistently done this like he's done for the Cardinals these last three starts. Sure, the change of scenery may be generally better for him than with the Yankees, and he's a little motivated because I think he's really confused why the Yankees traded him when they clearly still need starting pitching depth. But in any event, I think tonight he's going to slip up a little bit. Cubs have Drew Smiley on the mound, who pitched really well for them a couple of weeks ago in the Detroit Field of Tigers Dreams game. Legend, yes, Drew Smiley. He is, he is. And Jordan Montgomery will get outdueled by Drew Smiley and will give up more than two and a half earned runs at plus 115. So that is my lock, and that'll probably give me my fifth consecutive L on a lock. No, so. no, that's that's going to be a win for you, bud. When was the last time you won, June? Ah, uh, well, let's let's take a look. What was the last one? Well, that, that one doesn't Matt even count. Mike Breen. That no, no, even, no, that counts. Well, okay. When was that? That was like July 11th. Um, so it's been a minute. Yeah. And the <laughs> first one. Now August 22nd. Wait, and I did one that was minus 130. Oh, so two of my victories have been minus money. One's okay. not even a lock. No, no, this was a lock. Okay, that I'll take that as a lock. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'll take what I can get. Uh, but you're on a bad streak right now. Yes, I need to turn things around. I don't want to be going back to my 2-10 and ten ways from last year. But hopefully, according to Dennis, this will work. So. Wait, how many weeks are there in the summer? I feel like we've already maxed out on summer weeks. 
I think it's uh, it's it's just a well, but like that. college summer is longer. Oh, because, yeah. yeah, especially facts. you know Rutgers summer. Also, yeah, facts. Nova summer probably all those schools are like starting right now. Yeah, no, they're back. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Man, yeah, I, no, I wish the, the Cubs are so good lately. Like Ian Happ raking, uh, Saya raking, uh, Contreras raking, Reyes, uh, obliterating world. Who's Reyes? Uh, Fran, Fran, Fran Mil- Reyes. Yeah, obliterating worlds. You haven't seen the half of this man. I haven't. Cleveland uh, just really? decided to, to like drop him, and yeah. then the Cubs signed him, and they were and, like, and, oh. and he and he has been absolutely raking since then. Nico, crazy. Madrigal playing competent offense. Like the, this, this team is. Uh, th- this team's crazy. They're making the playoffs. All right, and then. Next year or two years, have all-star Pete Crow Armstrong in center? Exactly. Come on. They'll be good. A- exactly. Like, the, this team's outfield uh, depth oh. like in the prospects is so elite. It's P- ridiculous. Pete Crow Armstrong, Saya, and mm-hmm. then... I mean, Hap or even... Oh, like, Hap, are, true. He's like, That's the thing. It's like, that's even apart really from good. having those like two players, like they, their elite prospects are like a good outfield right now <laughs> just like by themselves uh so I'm yeah this it. team's crazy cubs could also try to trade for javier Baez again i <laughs> send send pete Crow armstrong back <laughs> yeah I'll send him to Detroit. shoot i'll now. take that <laughs> <laughs> even though he's on the tigers now yeah, yeah pete Crow armstrong <laughs> goes to the mets and then somehow javier Baez goes to the tigers to the cubs I, i'd be fine with that, I'd be fine with that too. yeah i would not bizarre three team trade <laughs> well you know what how Mets do have to give up something. So how about Jose Buto goes to Detroit? <laughs> Jose Booty. <laughs> but uh, Dennis, since you're on the topic, what's your lock? Okay, so last week I went to the WNBA. I went Sky Liberty for game one, plus 250, and I absolutely got it. The Liberty beat the Sky. I was extremely right. Uh, they lost game two. I was uh, extremely really right. Matter. So humble. I'm I, and I, I'm going right back to the well. Liberty hosts the Sky tonight, 9 p.m. The Liberty are going to eliminate the Chicago Sky from the playoffs. Plus 245. They 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 gave him an extra an extra five for being at home, but uh, the Liberty are eliminating the Sky tonight and. That's it. That's it. Are you going to be gonna extremely again. right again? I'm going to be extremely right again. It's really easy to predict these things. You just know it's going to happen and then wait for it to happen. <laughs> Sheesh. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, so wait, so this is the game in New York? The game's in New York. New York it's at the uh, Barclays. And I've not kept up with the WNBA seeding. Chicago's a much Chicago's better. Chicago's a two seed. Okay. That, that's that's, that's the team with Candace Parker, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, That's the thing. On paper, they're a good team, but they've just been struggling lately. And the Liberty are a good young team, and they do, and they do have Han Shu. They do oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> She's this nice. seems crazy. She's nice. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, David Palumbo is six and five, and you just have plus two forty five typed, but no locks. So I guess you're just betting on anything that's <laughs> no, plus no, 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 no. <laughs> Shoot, I, 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 something plus at that rate, I might you. take Liberty money line. <laughs> nah, uh, most pretty much all my L's have been just like personal L's as well. Like I've had a personal. Like I took like when you wanted- the only reason I took the Padres was to spite the Mar- the Marlins because they screwed me in multiple locks. Yeah, that's the only reason I took them last week, and that was another L. So I'm gonna go with uh, another like more personal one today. 
because it's been going bad. So my logic is if it's been going bad, eventually it's going to go good. You're with, you're with that, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So I'm just going to pick the Mets to win the series at plus 245. Essentially, now they're going to sweep the next two games. All right. Well, Taiwan Walker has to pitch one of these. So No, they just have to win today and tomorrow. Yeah. How hard is that? It is just two baseball games. It it's just win. two games. <laughs> That's fair. All and, they have and to do I'm, is win two baseball games. And I'm rooting for it, too. So it's like a win-win. I win money, <laughs> but I'm not actually betting it. And I also win wins in the win column mm-hmm. if the Braves lose. Yeah. So that sure. make that like at math makes sense, right? Yeah. So you're just mm-hmm. you're just winning. You're winning I'm, in many different ways. Just players. winning because in life there's in life there's winners and losers. Yes. And I'm a winner. I just got so mm-hmm. confused when I was looking at the doc, and I completely forgot that we gave Dennis like a half and half one week, so he's six yeah, and a half. Yeah, we, we forgot <laughs> what the result was. So I have six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, let's look back at Ellis's log from last week. It was I'm going to be there for crew on the 22nd. Let me check the date today. Oh, mm. it's August 22nd. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll give him an L on that one. Yeah, Drop that, him to that's nine looking and two. like an L right there. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. I don't know when he locked that one up, but regardless, it's it's on the sheet, so it must it's be official. Sheet, yeah, yeah, it's it's got to be official. He is camping today, so. I, I Does that have anything to do with his lock? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, do I care? I'm, I'm just sharing an observation. <laughs> we do not care. <laughs> Where is he camping? Actually, don't answer that. I'm not going to know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. So, <laughs> I'm going to guess Maine. Wait, that actually makes a lot of sense. Wait, let's let's all let's all take a guess and write it down on the sheet, and then whoever <laughs> get whoever's closest geographically gets another win in oh, the lock. Oh, Do we have I, odds on this? <laughs> no, no, it's just anywhere. In the, I was anywhere gonna, in the country. I was gonna jokingly say Nova, but if I, <laughs> oh, wait, if I have actual whatever. I'll take Nova if you want me, and I'll take Nova. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Maine. <laughs> all right, I'll take Nova. Right. There's no way he's in Nova. <laughs> He's, that would be a dream come true for me. <laughs> he lives in North Jersey, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say he made the trip over to PA and found a camping spot in Pennsylvania. Okay. Actually, I'm I'm gonna go. Oh, is the Poconos in PA? Yeah, that's a good. The PA was a good pick. Well, thank you. I don't Not know why I just gave up. Why did I just be. give up Maine to you? <laughs> why did I give up Maine? You could have Nova. You I want Nova. Nova. I just like saying Nova, like Northern Virginia. I think it's cool. There are some nice camping spots in Nova. There's, n- there's no way he even knows what Nova is. He thinks it's where Colin Gillespie goes to school. Yeah, Nova. Jay Wright. Yeah, he doesn't know what Nova is. Was that supposed to be Ellis? Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course. No, no. Guys, guys, Aaron Jones. <laughs> that, that's better. a little better, actually. <laughs> you need to let me speak. Aaron Judge is going to win the MVP. <laughs> okay, actually, I'm going New York. New no, York. no, I'll stick with Nova. I'll stick yeah, with Nova. I'll stick with Nova. I'll stick with Nova. You're locked in. All right, so I said PA. Dennis said stole Maine from you. I stole PA from you, and you ended <laughs> up with Nova. Well, I gave it to him. Yeah, I gave it to him. It's because he's it's because he's here. It's he's here. I I felt like I had to. It's true. We have to be nice to Dennis. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, yeah we, we can't privilege. say anything too mean to you now because you're actually here. Because so, I'm, I'm yeah. in first. We can't just look at the computer <laughs> screen and just laugh. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think I'm going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Should we give Ellis a lock for this week? Uh, yeah, how about... Uh, <laughs> I'm in Cali. Because none of us guessed that. So either yeah, way, it's a win-win. A yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. Then I'll come in next week and be like, I found this great camping spot in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> All right, so that is our locks. Wait, so what's our lock standings right now? Ellis is so Ellis is in the lead at nine and two, and then uh, I think Dennis would be in second. By percentage points, Wait. Dennis at six and a half and four <laughs> is, <laughs> is yeah. second. Dennis is in second. I'm David in third. six and five. I'm five and six, and uh, Coach Holland doesn't really qualify. I don't even think he's he's definitely not zero and zero. 
and he's definitely not two and zero. Oh. <laughs> he's two and one. He's two now. and one. Yeah, because okay. the the Marte one didn't hit. Yeah. Wait. So why do we keep his record separate? From oh, the I think OO is just his part of his name. I think it's OO Coach Han. <laughs> I think it's like the Russell Westbrook like the zero, like Coach Han zero zero or something. Like are we talking about a, a Google Doc that we're all looking at I know. over the air? But we're describing it so yes. you can envision we're, it. We're painting the picture. That's the job. It's vivid. Very yes. vivid. Yes. And there's some wonderful green and red. Of course, mine is more red than green because I can't get, you know good locks oh, it's kind of like christmas yeah it's so festive you know i was i was we had to add in some like extra music because i i accidentally put it on live assist too early and i, I looked up frank sinatra which was curious and i saw like white christmas and i was like should i and i was like nah <laughs> not we'll, today we'll save that for when i make that mistake in december <laughs> mistake i feel like that's a w that's true it is yeah, I'll yeah. be I'll be there with you. Okay, well, thank you, David. Yeah, but we'll leave it at that for now. When we come back, I want to talk a little Rutgers college football. Uh, Adam Korzak's a preseason All American, and Big Ten football actually starts this Saturday. So we'll break it all down, talk about it when we come back. About twenty minutes left in hour one. You are listening to the WRSU Crew on eighty-eight point seven FM and streaming live at WRSU. Uh, about twenty minutes left here in hour number one and got to talk some college football because big 10 football while it doesn't start for rutgers this week it does start in only saturday uh, in only five days on saturday in ireland yes it's not even on this continent nebraska <laughs> northwestern the uh the fine folks in ireland get to experience nebraska football i mean th- th- there's nothing better than that i'm honestly surprised because i remember like notre dame used to like play the games in ireland or navy and there was like more of a connection yeah notre dame navy was random one two of big them. Ten teams i actually ireland, went but... to the one at uh, georgia tech boston college i went to that game in ireland um that was like 2016 i think so they um, play at like a soccer stadium like how... uh yes it, they it was really funny because it was the same weekend like it was the saturday and on the sunday was the all ireland hurling championship which i cannot describe to you how important that is in ireland like we said oh we're going to game at stadium and they were like you got tickets to the all ireland final i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) um but short answer yes uh but it's it's multi-purpose because they don't just play soccer there they play hurling which is better. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday in that first matchup. Northwestern has some roster turnover. Nebraska coming off of a year where they were three and nine, but we're finished. All of those losses came within 10 points. It was the best. They, they had an even point differential over the season. <laughs> yeah. They're the best three and nine team ever. Mm-hmm. So I was that lo- team's going to be good. Like, that's the thing. I'm, I'm looking at the team and you, you look at what they did last season, just in terms of like points, how they played against these teams. And you look at their schedule this season, they are an eight and four team. So I was looking at an article earlier today from 247 Sports and it's predictions about all 14 teams in the Big Ten and uh, mm-hmm. their records. Nebraska is predicted to finish seven and five with a five and four Big Ten record. I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable as well, which uh, it's close to what I said. <laughs> yeah. Northwestern is supposed to go three and nine, according to this, and not win a Big Ten game, which 
I'd also say is kind of reasonable as well. Got to look at their schedule, but feels I could realistic. See, I could see them. I don't know. Northwestern and Illinois is a rivalry game. I could see them maybe steal that matchup. Those... Yeah, especially at home. That feels like the most winnable game because they have so many road games. And then, like, Nebraska is one of the ones that's at home, which I guess it makes sense because that's the other connection is that it's, like, Northwestern and Boston College. Those are two, like, traditionally, like, Catholic cities, like Boston and Chicago. And then... Ireland is traditionally Catholic. That's like the connection, I guess. So I think that that that's why Boston College and Northwestern hosted those games in Ireland. But it means that they have one fewer uh, home game. So they have five road games, one game in Ireland, and then they host Wisconsin and Ohio State, which it's like that's such a difficult schedule to play <laughs> out. So I think Illinois is really the only one they might win. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Big Ten East. So, according to this article, Ohio State would win it, but they'd go undefeated, and they'd win the Michigan game, yeah. <laughs> and the Michigan game... Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, and Michigan would lose the, that game, but that would be their only loss. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, if I had to, like... And that's always a difficult thing about scheduling things as far in advance, is that it's like, I think that Michigan will lose another game in the Big Ten. Yeah. I don't know which one it will be. It could be Penn State. It could be Michigan State. It could be Rutgers. It could be. It could really be anybody, uh, and it wouldn't, like, totally shock me if it was, I mean, it, would, it wouldn't shock me that much if it was Rutgers. Rutgers is going to be crazy, and we're going to be hosting it, but it could be a variety of other teams, and they've got a good, like, home road spread. Like, a lot of the more difficult games are at home. A lot of the easier games are on the road, but... I feel like there is a decent chance that if Iowa is a little better than expected, they drop the game to Iowa. If Nebraska is pretty good towards that point in the season, if they're like, I don't know, six and four entering that week and Michigan is no losses or one loss, that's a game I could imagine them losing a trap game or something like that. The, the conference is just so even that like, if I had to look on paper and be like, okay, I think Michigan's better than all these teams except Ohio State, but they are probably going to lose one of those games. Yeah, and I'm not going to be someone who says that Michigan got lucky last year to make it to the college football playoff because they had a great team. Mm -hmm. They beat Ohio State at home. Their rushing attack was so strong. but And they beat Ohio State like convincingly. It wasn't even like a super close game or anything. Yeah. But the argument I will make is that they were fortunate to make it out of a couple of those Big Ten East matchups. I mean, they only beat Rutgers by three. Yeah, no, they, they really should yeah. have lost to Rutgers. That it, was Penn the, it, was, it was the Rutgers offense that lost that game. Yeah, that Penn State game, Penn State made some bad mistakes in the second half. Michigan, you know, they, they didn't play great in that game either, and the weather conditions played a factor as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like as good as they were last year, and while they are returning so many great players and hard, they're also now, not returning a bunch of great players, yeah. like most notably Hutchinson. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's a key one because the defense I think is going to take a little bit of a step back. And when you just look at the schedule that they have in games like against Michigan State or against Penn State, and like you said, or against Rutgers, but I'd say especially Michigan State or Penn State, I could see Michigan drop one of those games. So. I don't know about 11-1 and one for them. I think it's it's very likely that Ohio State runs the table in the Big Ten, but I think Michigan's going to drop more than one of those games. So I think that's one of the reasons why I like the way that um, ESPN presents the FPI uh, 
like uh projected win loss is because they kind of like average it out so they have like michigan is like an average of 10 wins they're not going to tell you which game they're going to lose but they're going to average around 10 wins and average around two losses which i i appreciate that they kind of show that the the in the inexactness it's not the right word exactly but you know that 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 (laughs) yeah um let's look at third place according to this article from 247 sports michigan state would go nine and three now they don't have kenneth walker anymore but they do have a lot of weapons and mel tucker is now locked in for the long term and making a lot of money to do it over the next decade uh with the spartans and uh, they had a couple of down years in the transition between D'Antonio and Tucker at head coach, but I think they're on the up, and I could see them stealing a couple of games. So, What's the third team they have them losing to? Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, or Washington? Let's see. They've got... I think it's got to be one of those two because yeah. the schedule's not that bad. Maybe Penn State on the road. They've got them beating Washington, so they've yeah. got them starting... 4-0. They lose to Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, oh, this this article is very in-depth. They have exact scores, too. They're going to lose to Ohio really State specific. 42-24. to 24. Imagine, like, we you had one of those articles and it has, like, every single game in the conference correct for the entire mm-hmm. season. That'd be funny. <laughs> oh, they play Wisconsin. They play Wisconsin, so they're going to drop that one 24-20. Okay. to 20. Uh, I did say that. I, I did ask if yeah. it was Wisconsin. <laughs> and Michigan. So it's <laughs> Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, which would be the three they would lose uh let's see here so that's i don't know and that's the other thing where it's like okay you look on paper and you say okay they're better than the teams before that three game stretch they're better than the teams after that three game stretch but it's like that three game stretch could batter them down so much that like on the road against illinois maybe they drop that another week later against rutgers maybe that's the one that they lose after that um i don't know kind of that momentum idea so, then we got to talk about Penn State. So, I was watching some sports TV today, and on ESPN, they were making such a big deal about the debate, because I guess when it comes to odds and betting on the season, one of the big debates people are having is whether Penn State, their line is eight and a half wins this year, and whether they'll get over or under that, because they did lose a few key players, but... According to 247 Sports, they have them in fourth place. They have them going 8-4 and four on the season and 6-3 and three in Big Ten play, losing to Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State. And let's see what the out-of-conference loss is that they have them. It's got to be Auburn, Auburn, right? Auburn. I'd assume it's Auburn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that feels fair to me overall. I don't know. I I would say that under makes more sense, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they went over because I don't think Auburn's that good. Their schedule's not that hard apart from Michigan, Ohio State, and then they host Michigan State, which is an upside. That Auburn game is on the road, I think. It is. Yeah, Auburn played there last year. And it's like they would need to lose both the Auburn game on the road, which. And on whether Auburn's that good, and then they would have to lose at home against Michigan State, which it's final week of the season at home. Or they'd have to lose something else in the schedule, which it's not an extremely difficult schedule, but they absolutely could. So this is where the debate probably starts. The bottom three spots in the Big Ten East, at least from our perspective at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Now, before we 
get to they have Rutgers last in the Big Ten East. I'm kind of yeah. surprised. I feel like Indiana should be last. I understand that last year was like kind of fluky, but I feel like even on paper, Indiana should be last. So Maryland would be five and seven. They'd be fifth place, three and six uh, record in conference play. I don't really think there's much analysis to be done there. Mm-hmm. Talia Tagovailoa is a very solid quarterback, but the team doesn't have much beyond that. They're going to struggle against the really good teams, but I think they'll take care of business against the worst teams in the conference, and they could definitely beat Rutgers in Indiana. So, uh, And that ma- matchup with Rutgers is also in College Park, which I think will make a difference as well. So, I To think- an extent, although, I mean, it's also coming off of a game against Ohio State, which means it'll be probably pretty demoralizing and that loss may also kick them out of uh bowl contention which could be another demoralizer going into that final week but the same could be true of rutgers with uh penn state the week before at home but who knows so let's talk about it four and eight eddie for both i just realized who wrote this article oh it's nick costco oh yeah that's our buddy yes hey that's, that's cool. cool. Yes. I oh, Jinx. Yeah, I, I just saw that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Shout out Nick. Yes, Nick Costco, our vision. Yeah, uh, calls, wrestling. Calls all the wrestling. Yes. Calls some other things, too. Uh, Good so, dude. But he only has Rutgers going 1-8 and eight in football in Big Ten play. <laughs> so I'm a little disappointed. But so Indiana, he's got it 4-8, and eight, and he's got them going 2-7 and seven in Big Ten play. So he's got them – their opener – the, you know how we talked about how Rutgers' opener is going to be very important as a tone setter against Boston College? Mm-hmm. Indiana's is as well, because they play against Illinois, yeah, who's another like team at the bottom tier of the conference. probably the most important thing, where if they lose that first game, it's like, okay, whatever against Idaho, whatever against Western Kentucky. You probably lose on the road at Cincinnati. But then after that, it's like, okay, can you even challenge anybody else if you can't beat Illinois? Yeah, they play Nebraska. They, they're home against Maryland. He's got them dropping that game against Maryland. But and he, oh, and he actually has them losing to Rutgers, so that's going to be Rutgers Who one. Do they beat is it Illinois or Purdue or both? They beat Illinois have to be both, right? and Purdue. Yeah, they beat Purdue yeah. in the last game of the season. So yeah, I, I mean, I guess the 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 devil's advocate advocate position is that despite having the same like overall record, it's partly because Rutgers is a way harder schedule overall. Um, Rutgers has a somewhat easier uh, out of conference, like Power Five out of conference game, while Indiana has a dramatically easier Big Ten schedule that includes Illinois, that includes Purdue, that includes uh, Maryland at home. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Rutgers is probably going to be better than that. Um, and I feel like if Rutgers does win those first three games it'll be uh kind of i'm not gonna say confidence setter or whatever because again it's kind of a a squishy concept of kind of the momentum and confidence but still i think that if they move forward and do well i could see them beating iowa at home and then at that point it's like okay season's off the rails this team is competitive in basically every other game they have left on the slate except for ohio state yeah i i'm looking at his exact prediction so he has them winning all three of the 
non-conference games. Uh, he's got a close win over Boston College, a low-scoring game, which I could see because it'll be there's an gonna interesting be, one. Yeah, there's good. I was doing my notes for Boston College today, and they're a pretty weird team. Uh, Rutgers should be able to handle them pretty well, but it'll just kind of be whether they can match up size-wise. I dropped my phone. Game two is against Wagner. That should be the easiest game for Rutgers. Temple, it's on the road this year, but they did uh, score a lot of points against Temple last year. He's got them losing by two scores to Iowa. I don't know if Rutgers is going to be able to beat Iowa. I know the Hawkeyes aren't as good as they were last year, but this I don't know that they will beat yeah. Iowa, but I think that they it can will be, be competitive. realistic. Yeah. You know? Ohio State... He's got them losing 56-21. Honestly, I think it's nice that he gave Rutgers scoring three touchdowns against Ohio State. Uh, so they would be at 3-2. and two. Now, he has Nebraska winning that game on October 7th. And while I do think Nebraska is an improved team, I just think the environment of a Friday night game, I think there's going to be a lot of students that show up for that. And I think Shiano's going to be energized under the lights, and so will the players. And Nebraska is a winnable opponent. I think that could be one that Rutgers could steal. I, I think that's a game that they could come out on the winning side of. I think that as well, yeah. That's the thing. It's a, I mean, I look at the schedule and I'm like, if I was having a little bit of a down season and Rutgers feels good going into that first game at home, winnable. If Nebraska is playing all right and Rutgers is feeling good going into that game, winnable. Uh home against indiana easily winnable on the road against minnesota fairly winnable i would say it's not like a easily done thing um and then later in the season we'll have to see if michigan's having a bad season could be winnable if michigan state's having a bad season could be winnable same with penn state like all three of those teams rutgers has either beaten or played pretty close in the last couple of years and then you go down to maryland and it's like okay whatever I'm not going to say they're going to win all those games, but, like, I think that they are. And, I mean, this is the thing with the Big Ten Conference is that it's, like, you can't just, usually, at the very least, you can't just array the teams 1-7 to or 1-14, to and the higher team will beat the lower team every time. It's just way more competitive than that. Yeah, and, you know, I said this way back in the spring when they finalized the schedule. If Rutgers... I think there's a clear path where Rutgers could get to 5-2 and two in their first seven games. I personally think Iowa's going to be tough, and they're not beating Ohio State. But Nebraska and Indiana are two games that I think they could definitely win. And if you're sitting 5-2 and two through seven games, suddenly all you have to do is win one of those last five, and you're guaranteed a bowl. And also, like, you're a 5-2 and two team through seven games. That's, like, a confidence boost in itself. So even going into a more difficult part of the season, you're like, we're a five and two team. We can beat these teams. We can beat Minnesota. We can beat Michigan at home. Look at how close we were these last two times we've played Michigan. We can beat them this time. And they're going to generate a lot of fan interest in that. Mm -hmm. Like even though it was against non-conference teams and not you know not the most difficult schedule at the beginning of the mm -hmm. season last year, people were excited when Rutgers started three and zero. They remembered years with Chris Ash where. Let's just say it did not go it's that not way in the beginning of their uh, <laughs> non-conference slate. And for them to go into the big house and only lose by three against Michigan, people were feeling really good about Rutgers mm -hmm. through those first four weeks. And uh, unfortunately, things kind of teetered after that. But those last five games, 
it's tough because Minnesota seems like it could be a winnable opponent, but that also seems like the type of game Rutgers always has at least one every year where they go on the road and just come out completely flat against a team that you would have thought they would have been a little more competitive against. I could see that potentially happening. Michigan's going to be tough, um, but that is also a home game, and they have beaten Michigan at SHI before. So there's opportunities, and on the road against Maryland is another opportunity. But if they could start 5-2, and two, I think you'd be happy. So, uh, love Nick Costco, but I do have to disagree. I think four and eight is a little bit of an underestimate. I think this Rutgers football team is capable of a little more than that this season. But overall, like the predictions, and uh, that'll pretty much wrap up hour one. So, when we come back, Rutgers men's soccer, they start up their action in uh, three days. They play against... Omaha Thursday on the road Sunday at Creighton and coach Jim McKeldry held a press conference with the media today to preview that action and talk about some players who have gotten some action in the exhibition games so we'll be airing that when we come back so stay with us Eddie Kalecki, David Palumbo, Dennis Geisler all here in studio for the WRSU Monday Summer 